Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits The Thriller Podcast. What's new this week, Mike? Dude, Jack Carr Week. It, it's here. We are reading and reviewing another book in the James Reese series. It feels great. Dude, it, it feels good to be back in this universe. Yes. And we, was it last week or a couple weeks ago, we did a Only the Dead uh, preview pod. And in that, I said, we need answers. Finality. Yes. Finality. And I don't know. I didn't, at the time, I had the copy, but I had not read a, th- read a thing. So I'll be, I'm completely transparent with you guys. I did not know the answer to my own question. And boy, are we getting answers. And I really think that is the theme going going forward here. Like it's this is this book is a summation of the first saga of James Reese. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I, I feel like we've been mountain climbers. We've been trekking this whole time. And we're finally getting to that summit. You know, it just feels like something's coming. I think it was brilliant, brilliant move to start this book and make the whole point of this book answering the question who is tom reese right and what did he leave for james we've gotten so much of tom already in in little bits and snippets and we're finally trying to see what his overarching message was his, his life's work you know what what was his lasting legacy that he, a job that he never finished and he wanted to pass to james he was hesitant about passing to james he ultimately even says, maybe you shouldn't find this, and I hope you don't in a sense. And I just love, you're right, that we are building towards that smart move, genius. And and we should say, we assume this book will get there, right? The way yeah, it's true, true, true. But neither Chris nor I have finished the entire book. We've only read parts one and two, which we're covering here on our part one episode, but we're covering the first two parts of the book up to chapter, what are we at? Like 44? 48, 48-ish. 48, yep. 47, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's where uh, part two ends. So I would say it's roughly almost the exact halfway point of the book, chapters one through 48. We will not be talking about anything in the second half of the book here today. We'll have that episode to you hopefully in about a week or so. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, it, it, it gives an int- Every time we do this, where we record a pod before we finish the book. It, it it's interesting, right? It it's we are able to give some takes. And honestly, we're not lying here. We both we both have not finished the book. Mike actually before like 3 not even 3 <laughs> hours, 2 hours before we started recording, he's like I'm only on chapter 33. Where did you get to? And I was like, "Well, I made it all the way to chapter 50, and if you can make it to the part end of part 2, that would be good, but if not, there's some other parts where we could cut it." And he made it. So we're going to talk all of part two. And boy, yeah. am I glad he made it to the end of part two. Oh, dude. Might be the best part of the first half of this book. I think so. It's a killer the action in Boston. Sequence. Yeah. Yes. So I guess we should we should caveat, you know, this book, by the time this pod comes out, the book will have been out about a week, right? So congratulations to Jack Carr on, on another successful pub day. Yeah. We hope that you've had a chance to, one, get the book if you hadn't. I don't know why you're listening to this pod, but if you hadn't, go out and buy it. Listen to the first half of the book. Stop. Come back. And then listen to us talk about chapters 1 through 47. Yeah, man. I just, just saying all that. Setting it up is getting me so amped, so jazzed. I, just so much to say on this half. And 
thank God you gave me that advice. You're like, yeah, kind of push a little bit here. See what you can do. I, I put my headphones in. I went on three speed. Some people might oh, find wow. that crazy, but <laughs> Ray Porter is just perfect. At He's this. very good. His delivery, I would listen at one speed, and it's amazing. Give it to me at three speed. I could still keep up. It's just all the voices are so distinct. This is one of those audiobooks that I think transforms the universe. It just adds that extra layer of depth. I'm really enjoying Ray Porter, even though I've had to go fast at times to catch up to you, Chris. Speed speed reader over there. But, um, man, just it didn't even matter. I just was propelled through the end of that second half, which I, I can't say about the first part of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's a little slow going. Before we get into it, let's you want to like set us up, kind of remind us where we last left off with James Reese from In the Blood. Yeah, and I, I think you're right that our uh, preview episode we tried to do a little bit of that as we went over the prologue, chapter one and chapter two in a lot of depth. So definitely check out that episode. But we'll do a little recap here. I mean, In the Blood introduced Alice. I think that's a huge point. Yes. that Alice is back. Alice is back. Alice is being touched on here. I I think she's been handled pretty well. It kind of wet my appetite a little bit, the the time she's been dropped. Has me intrigued. Really, really intrigued. And and I'm hoping the second part goes even deeper into that because some seeds have been planted. So basically, though, Reese and Katie are at the ranch at their house, and he's considering proposing. It's that two-bottle-of-wine night, and now we get a three-bottle-of-wine night. We get but- a three-bottle. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> but he's thinking about proposing when all of a sudden a phone rings. Even though they're out of cell service, everything should be blocked off. They should have no connections to the outside world. But it was Alice pulling her strings to warn Reese. Simply, we hear because she kind of took a liking to him and realizes – He's on the good side of things. And so Alice tips him off and says, you know, guys are coming and gives him gives him the head up, heads up. He's able to give the key that his father left for him in the um, – what kind of car was that? Was that the Wagoneer? Wagoneer. That was the Wagoneer. It was his old Wagoneer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then in the rifle case that was left for him. So he passes that key to the lockbox to Katie right before federal agents swarm the place, take him into custody. Take everything, by the way. Yeah. That, when they went into that – I, you know, sorry to stop you, but when they went into that and, and how they documented, took all of his weapons, right? you know, literally stripped his house of everything. It's like Mark Hook, was, the pro-life yeah. guy that they arrested in the, you know, early in the morning with long guns pointed at his wife and kids at the front door. It's just like, holy, like, I don't know why I drew that connection, but thinking back to is that this scene. Is necessary? Like, you know, like, is that right. necessary? What is justice? You know, like, what is the role of the government in doing that kind of thing to the citizenry. And yeah, I just had reminiscences of some current abuses of power, you know, that we can, we can yes. read about. So I'm like, mm-hmm. and then he's in solitary confinement. I mean, whoa, Reese is going through some things, you know, he's got a lot going on here, but what else did I miss? Where else were we uh, left off hoping we can get more of? Yeah. So he's been taken. President has been assassinated. We don't know by who. Right. Uh, we're going to quickly find out early on in, in this book, what, you know, sort of what's going on. I think that's, that's kind of what you were hinting at that this, you know, maybe if we had stopped a little bit earlier before we got to the action pack scenes in Boston 
you know, this, I don't want to call it a letdown. It's because it, I, I enjoy exposition, but it, it was just a lot, a lot of exposition. Like right. we've, we've, not only are we getting exposition about the backstory of Tom Reese, the backstory of like, you know, what maybe potentially, you know, I could even see them going, you know, this is kind of, again, I haven't read in the future. So I, I'm not, I don't want to, I guess, go into spoiler territory here, but he was kind of hinting at that, you know, maybe the events that took place in Terminalist, the fact that he was placed in that cancer thing, maybe all a part of this consortium thing, you know, this overarching deep state-esque plan that his, we believe his father and, you know, this Poe guy along with, you know, the, the guy, the, I guess the guy who was tapped to be president who was killed in the prologue. We're working, fighting, working and fighting against, right? As well as, you know, we're, it's, it's Jack Carr, you know, he's, he's putting in all these real world touch points. You know, it kind of blends the line of conspiracy theory. And I don't know. Do you know how much is his, his thoughts versus what he, he, he's putting into the Russians' minds versus, you know, what the, he thinks the Russians would say. It's, it's, it's very like towing the line of like, all right, does he think this is like, no, he's, he's speaking as a Russian. Like, I don't know. It's very interesting to me trying to figure out like what he's putting in, in on it, you know? Yeah. Th- that part of it I did like. It was kind of like a mind game for me. No, I, I like that part. And it's almost getting at that faction, that Brad Thor style yes. faction. But I will say the exposition's been a lot of fun. It was a touch heavy-handed at times. I'll agree, because we had Vic, you know, spring Reese out of jail. He's got to talk about how Alice ran this report and basically came up with the evidence that they had to vet to make sure Reese was clean and he was not the one who killed the president and he planned the assassination. And Alice uncovered that, but Vic, of course, needed to do due diligence and make sure Alice didn't fabricate that evidence to exonerate Reese. You know, can you trust Alice? That's one of the big questions. But regardless, we're getting Vic explaining all that. You're right. Then we we get a little explanation about. Well, we get quite a bit of the Russians, so I think you're right. But yeah, I would we get a lot of the Russians. The expo- exposition there, and I am a junkie for the geopolitics in these stories. It's just too removed from the plot it's like i'm gonna write this kind of mini essay in a chapter all about fraudulent elections in the u.s and russian interference and ukraine and iran and israel and who would do what and kind of wargaming it out and while i'm having fun and social while well, also social media and yes. fake news and literally having a touch point on it talking about you know, the culture wars, like literally every single hot button issue was brought up in those Russia chapters. Right. And it's kind of like, I prefer the balance a little more, the dialogue of Dashkov and Levitsky who are, who really have this power play back and forth, right? They're jockeying for position. And that's a lot of fun. That was very interesting. But it, but it's almost been dwarfed or, or it's been, you know, drowned out by some of the geopolitical landscape painting which is fun in its own right, but just a little off balance. Yeah, later on, you know, because Dashkov obviously is, is he was Gromenko's like right-hand man. Like right. I feel like they had much more of a, even though they were, you know, opposite counterparts, they had a much more friendly relationship. Mm-hmm. But now he's, he's seen that like, well, one, his friend is dead and he's, you know, there's this new guy and new he, kid on the block doesn't want to, 
show weakness and, and obviously the president has you know his certain he has other people who he calls to and the little one-liners you know that like these little phone calls that happen between levitsky and and um dashkov yep. like and he, he gets them like it, it's it's pretty funny like i don't know i enjoyed those little scenes yep it's about isn't that isn't that your office that was supposed to be handling that thing <laughs> yeah know, exactly it's very passive i would say don't don't mess up because you will be the you'll have the shortest tenure <laughs> yep. as uh, the head of the the SVR. Oh. Their barbs are are pretty good. I do like the dialogue. That's why I'm saying I kind of want more of that instead of being drowned out by the other the other background, which is like really good stuff. I, I really like getting Jack's thoughts and perspective on all those other topics, including Ukraine. But it just seems kind of put in here to put it in and. You know, I think the drama of the Iran nuke being kind of stolen and the drama of those, what was it, uranium rods that are being trucked out and that one guy who got the the poisoning from it from getting too close that they used, it was almost felt very Flinian in that you're getting this character who yeah. kind of is just your average Joe. We, we hear about his family. He wants to go home and see his kids, you know, like Flynn did that early on with like a random character who were all excited he's going to go see his son's baseball game or whatever. Boom. But then he doesn't make it home. You know, the action right, catches right. him up in the plot. So that was a lot of fun. But that kind of got filtered out. And the drama of those scenes isn't connecting for me back to the other drama or the other plots simply because a lot of exposition getting in the way. So it's almost too much of a good thing. Maybe that's how I'll put it. Yeah, it's like, you know, if, if you were to let the – Almost, if you could have started with that scene of them taking, you know, the uranium cores, you know, like, but you don't need to then cut back to say we stole it, you know, like, uh, I don't, I, I'm critiquing the writing here, and like, I, I don't want to do it too much because I actually some of the, some of the writing here I, I really enjoyed, so oh. you know, I'm 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 picking nits where we have to, you know, maybe maybe we should get the nits out of the way and then we can just you know gush yeah. on what we love about the book. So I far. agree. Yeah, and I think while we're on it, you're right, just to, to knock it out of the way. We kind of got these Armenian assassins or this gang of Armenians who wasn't very well trained. You know, they were kind of thrown out of plot and put together last minute. Just didn't seem like how our typical Russian handlers, you know, do things. So maybe that's on purpose, right? That there's some sloppiness here, some desperation out of uh, Levitsky. And then also a German assassin. And, and I like the phone call a lot. And we're going to get to that scene, but it just felt like, wait, we have an Armenian gang. Wait, we have this German assassin who was hired. Wait, we got these nuclear fuel rods being moved in Iran. I want to see that get tightened up a little bit, you know, just a little tighter and how all that connects could really do a lot for me. So I think with that out of the way, unless you have anything else to say. No, I think that. I think those are all of my negatives. Yeah. Let's 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 get into the, the many positives we have. Oh yeah. I, I want to get to James because we said it last time. James is what makes this series sing. I think Jack made a character here who is ultimately going to be in the pantheon of the greats. Up there with Mitch, up there with Scott Harbeth. No doubt James Reese his his name is is being put up there. You know, Jack Ryan, everything. So what did you think when Vic springs him, we get him out of prison, man, he's reunited with Rafe, he's eventually reunited with Katie, didn't that feel so good to have some of these people back from Vic to Rafe to Katie? 
Wasn't it amazing? Yeah, and I I honestly thought, you know, we're you know, we're thirty five chapters in, thirty three chapters in, and we have no Katie yet. And I was like, Wow, we're he's really gonna do this. He's he's gonna push her off until much later. Cause first of all, I'm thinking, you know, he went and saw the lady. He went to went to the Poe Ranch. He's like, I gotta go to this before because Vic Vic came to see me and I, I gotta go I gotta go talk to Poe first. Which we should talk I, about. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. A lot, lot, lot going on there. I love the OSS stuff, by the way, too. Yes, that like the early stage CIA, like you know, OSS in into the CIA. I guess because it reminds me of every time that Vince brought up what, the Wild Bill Donovan days. You know, like <laughs> like learning about yeah. that through because like, I I knew nothing about it until I started reading these novels, and then I would dig it a little bit more into it. But anyways, the fact that. And then she like comes out of nowhere, right? He yeah. gets into his hotel room, and then boom, she's there. And it's like, oh, of course, okay, I knew you were gonna bring her in, like, yeah. like, you know. And then that, you know, maybe it's not safe for this podcast to talk about, you know, those couple chapters. Like, <laughs> woo, that was <laughs> market explicit. <laughs> that was a new side of Jack Carr I hadn't seen, but yeah, no, I think coming off the proposal. You knew that their first interactions was going to have to be, you know, powerful, loving, and yeah, you know, great to have her back. Yep. And then, sort of like not not in a sexual way, but like in a very similar emotional loving way, his interaction with Rafe, like seeing him. Yeah. You know, like they're not blood brothers, but they are, they are true brothers, and he's the only one that he can truly trust. And the fact that. I like how he's becoming more of – he's becoming like a Scott-type character. Oh, yeah. You know? One of my favorite pieces of writing here – I can't even say my favorite scene or anything, but just as a piece of prose, when Rafe is talking about what James means to him for having saved his life and this right. debt that he owes him I, – because I was wondering that. I'm like, they're at – this random house i don't know about poe yet i know we're being led to understand he was an integral part of james's family and so if james's father and grandfather you know trusted this guy and oh so you were like a little on edge about him yeah i'm gonna bring that up in a second i want to talk about him so but i don't feel as comfortable with him yet right and sure maybe we don't know maybe i'm not supposed to because while he's got the photographs on the wall I almost got Gollum vibes when he asks mm. about the key. Do you have the key, James? Your father and I were working on something. And if James Reese is hesitant and says no and lies to him, I, for some reason, I, I'll get to Poe, but the point is when they're at this house, I'm Interesting. like, is James safe here? I, 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 I know he should be, but something's wrong here. And somebody did tip off the guys, right? How did they know? James was there because that Armenian team was sent for him. But when Rafe is like, I'm going to be the same. I think the, it's just the Russians, the Russians knew Russian Intel, you know, they, they had, they, they, they were watching him. Remember? Cause like they, they even knew once he went to Boston. So I think like they, they had been watching Poe and this Martha lady yeah. for years. And she even says that, right. That, that I guess they didn't kill us because we didn't know. We didn't actually know anything about it. We just we we just knew we knew the people connected to it. I, I don't know. I do wonder though if there's foul play because something just told me, you know, this whole trust no one, which there is a payoff to trust no one, but I'm also wondering like 
if that's his dad's advice, does he mean trust no one, even someone who he thought was his closest partner, Poe? And maybe towards the end of Tom's life, he realized Poe was not who he thought he was or where there was a stab in the back. But James would never know that, right? So all James would see is, oh, you knew my grandfather. Oh, you know, right. I, I was fishing with you as a little boy. Oh, you have pictures with me. And oh, I have all these memories and stories. But does James maybe not get read in on something that happens later in life that, that Tom never got to tell him? So I don't know. I'm, I'm just hesitant for the time being. But when Rafe acts like the sentinel in the night and he's just like, I'm standing guard. I'm going out with my sniper. I'm not letting anything happen to this man. My my brother, like you said. Oh, yeah. The way that scene was crafted, it was just really, really cool. It was, it was just Rafe being Rafe, but doing it out of his deep love. It, you know, it's brotherly love. It is the example of brotherly love. And, and I'm sure what the guys in the teams do for each other. And I felt that come through on the page so strongly with Rafe in that scene. Yeah, because we almost start, we, or we, not almost, we, we do start that scene, right? With he's looking, it's all in Rafe's head, right? Yes. He's looking at James, seeing that he's like, you know, honestly, a little bit of a broken man after being in prison and realize that I got to, I got to step up. You know, I got to do something to protect us, to protect him, this guy who saved my life. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up those things about Poe. I I also, too, got a little bit of those vibes. And I don't know why I was feeling And then I kind of brushed it away when... Martha Stowe? When, um, no, like, I almost brushed it away when we found out that, you know, Martha and, and him were friends. And then, yeah. you know, it was all, like, one connection. But the one thing I kept, like, trickling back to, like... Poe is wealthy because his father had like a shipbuilding business. Right. And you know, that just like thinking back to this whole consortium business, right? It's all money. The, 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 is, is it called the consortium? What, what is it? What is it called? There was a name for it. I don't know, but that group, the, you know, the, the, uh, the deep state, another word yeah. for the deep state. And what right? is it in James the council, Spectre, you know, the spec, you know, like, it, it, Pick a name for it, but it, you know, a cabal of elites, and they even mentioned that it's it's people on both sides of the Iron Curtain, right? It's it's Russians, it's Americans, it's Canadians, it's, it's Chinese. You know, it's like it's opportunists. They're the ones that are deciding the stuff, and it's like, oh, well, he has old money. Is he actually a plant? You know, like yeah, th- that's kind of been you know because also like you need. It can't be just this straightforward, right? I'm thinking in my mind, it can't be this straightforward. Yeah, because the plot, aside from the Russia thing getting a little murky, it's been a very straightforward plot. It's, you know, the beats are kind of hitting on like, James is out of prison. He's got things to track down about his father. The Russians are doing what they're doing, try to set up some catastrophe, which I guess we kind of talked about it. But the geopolitics, I don't find super interesting. You know, blame it on Iran. U.S. blows Iran out of the out of the picture, and then the Russians and the Chinese can can get together. Everything is kind of flowing. It's kind of straightforward and simple, and I like that. It, it's, it's allowing the characters to shine instead of the characters getting hidden by a confusing what's going on here plot. You don't have to stop and really ask yourself when Reese is talking to Vic, and then he's talking to Poe, and then he goes to find Martha Stowe. You don't have to stop and ask yourself, what, wait, who? How do they play in? No, you know. The writing is so clear. Yeah, exactly. You know who these people are. 
And I'll take that back to the prologue being so smart to plant the assassination of the Stowe's. Because when we come back and hear that Tom Reese was on the dock that night and took the long shot to yeah, take that out quick. the assassin, jump in the water, save Martha Stowe, give her chest compressions. Again, what Rafe is doing for Reese, it seems like Tom Reese was willing to do for the Stowe's. And maybe that's why I trust the Stowe's, even though they were a political family and she was part of the old money and he was running for president. For some reason, I, I trust them in my bones a lot more because we've seen Tom Reese with Stowe. We, we got that in the prologue where Poe is kind of coming out of the blue. You know, I'm just kind of like, right. wait, who? I, I'm supposed to believe because of these photos, you have this relationship, but I haven't seen you with them. And so I don't know what to believe about you. But the Stowe's, just everything about how this is crafted, linking back to the prologue, seeing that Tom was there with the assassination, James is learning that as we, the reader, is learning it. Brilliant storytelling, excellent thriller writing. And I think that's some of the finest of what Jack's been able to do in terms of storytelling since, I'll say since Savage Son. I really think since Savage Son, I haven't seen this level of elevated storytelling in these books. Yeah. No, I I would definitely agree with that. Yeah. What? So I was going to ask you about the whole, the motivations of the Russians, you know, why they're doing this to pull the whole idea is like, right. They're, he's literally pulling off of the rush, the Ukrainian invasion and the potential invasion of Taiwan. So like, how do we cripple the West? Well, we pull them away from supporting Ukraine. Have, they're going to have to fight Iran. Like, what? What did you? You know, is this? What did you think of that? That whole plot, like this idea to do that. I think it's okay. I I, I think it's good. I, I think the way it's explained with this backdrop of history, everything checks out, right? It's not like nothing. Sure. Is, something doesn't check out, right? Like, oh, they're probably wrong that this side would calculate that it was this group and therefore responding kind in this way. And no, I, I think it all checks out. It's just that if you maybe wrote that the part about the Russians willing to blame this thing on Iran to kind of get the West distracted so they can continue their escapades in Eastern Europe. Meanwhile, while the world's distracted or well, the U S is distracted, China can take Taiwan. I really like all that, that scenario role-playing if, if that's what you can call it. But then I'm kind of like, let's get back to Reese, you know, or, or let's get back right. to the nukes and what happened to these rods. Uh, instead of being told the plot through exposition, being told it I want to be through, shown it right through the characters. Like remember Memorial Day, what's his name? Sneaking into Miami on the boat. Right. That's right. how you get the nuke into the country. Like tell me that, uh, you know, or give me a character on the ground putting these pieces together. So it's good. I like it. I think it all checks. It's 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 interesting thought process. Is it driving the plot enough for me? I'm not sure yet. We'll we'll see what happens in the second half. Uh, so I think it's all good. What's your read on that? Yeah, no, I'm, it's kind of the same. Like I, you know, there's other ways that I would maybe prefer to see some of that stuff um, that we kind of touched on before. But you know, it's it's an interesting idea. This you know how to how to cripple the United States by by taking out our semiconductor production. So, yeah, that too. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Have you started The Diplomat? Did you hear about this show? 
I have with Carrie Russell. Yeah. Did, did you watch it? No, not yet. It's pretty good. And there's kind of a similar plot. I don't want to say too much, but there's a false flag operation, which has to do with Iran, except it involves the Brits. And so it okay. really stresses the U.S.-British relationship, which, I mean, if you were Russia and or China, it's kind of what you want, you know? Yeah, um, sure. If you could fracture age-old relationships, you know, centuries-old relationships like that, that's that's a really big step. So, And then again, it's written by Deborah Kahn, who was one of the writers on The West Wing, perhaps right. my favorite all-time TV show. So it has hints of that. I think it's trying to do it for a modern audience, and it, it gets some things right. But it's kind of how I feel about this book. A false flag operation like, oh, my goodness, like Ukraine and, you know, a year or two ago, I would have been so wrapped up in that. Or the Trump years, right? If you gave me an Iran conflict in a thriller right after we took out Soleimani or right after, right. you know, th we bombed their, their you know, arms depot or they hit us and then we kind of re retaliated in kind and then things simmered, you know, where those tensions were boiling up, I think a lot of this would have hit a little harder for me. It's just right now we are all kind of distracted by Ukraine and X, sure. Y, and Z and George Santos and, you know, Trump's indictment and everything else. Like I'm kind of distracted by all those things. It almost feels not modern anymore, even though I'm sure he put these things in to feel more current. Um, sure. It just yeah. shows the world just, man, things rapidly are just rapidly changes. changing. You know, the 24-hour news cycle. And it's kind of strange that that's affecting me as a reader of a thriller that just came out. Yeah, I think that happens when you – when you put like fresh current stuff into your novel that, you know, takes is being written months before it's published, you know? And, and I'm not sure. I mean, we'll see with Deadfall with the Ukraine crisis. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it just yet being this present, this current, like you have to bring up Ukraine and work it into a plot. It was that same hesitancy or ambivalence a lot of us felt on. You have to put COVID in a plot, you know? Right. I, what if we just had a thriller that didn't mention the Ukraine conflict happening, that didn't mention COVID? I think it would be a breath of fresh air. So, you know, sometimes when it's stuck in here in these ways, I'm like, it just takes me out of the verisimilitude of the story. You know, I don't feel like I'm in the story anymore because I'm straddling our world and their world. And sometimes sure. I just want to be in their world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Another thing, he he also puts in COVID and like, you know, puts in, you know, right. whether it's his two cents or just, you know, putting words into the Russian sense about what COVID is, what the COVID vaccine mandates and stuff like that is, right. you know, so. People might like it. People might love that, you know, seeing that. Um, well, yeah, I mean, he he has a base. He has a base that buys these books and yeah. there are things that they're going to like to read in this novel. I can see it. You know, it's, yeah. it's marketing. It's marketing, dude. So. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree. Us cynics over here. <laughs> I mean, politics is a game, right? So, I mean, you could tell that he, I think he wants to run for office. At Car 36. So. Car 36. Is baby. there even an election 36? Probably not. I just made it up. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what if it was, uh, if it was Scott Harbath or not Scott Harbath. If it was Brad Thor versus Berska Jack Carr. Now that that's, is a debate. A, I would that's a see. debate. A nationally televised debate over being a pantser or a plotter. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, wait. They don't do debates anymore on TV. Never mind. Yeah, not, not anymore. 
Anyways, yeah. so Winkler or cayenne pepper up the urethra. Go. <laughs> oh yeah, we should have that debate. Like debate the best kill each of you had, respectively, and why it's better than the other's respective kill. Ooh. You know. And then say what you think the other person's best kill is that they ever wrote. Yes. 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 That'd be kinda cool. And we know that they're they're friends because uh he puts like James Reed's reading the latest Brad Thor novel in the in, in a couple in a couple of his books. He's brought it up. So Scott yeah. Coleman is canon in the James Reese universe. So yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So there's there's a couple things I want to touch on. We have to get into the action, obviously. I think maybe we maybe we'll save that for the very end. Um but you know, this idea of truth and consequence, you know, that's what his his prologue at the very end of his uh preface mentions that this is the themes for the book you know one have you have you thought that you know that has sort of come to fruition and the other thing we we kind of mentioned alice a little bit but this idea that alice is now free and what Mm. i want to ask you like what how do you think alice if any is going to be deployed in the second half so you can can choose which which questions you want to answer oh dude i'm glad you brought up that alice nugget because when that was dropped I'm like, oh my god, it's Age of Ultron, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it was so cool, and like that, I think is what concerns everybody about AI. You know, right now we're in the stage of like, Chat GPT is going to be used for cheating by students in college. Okay, sure, whatever, no big deal. That's a story, you know, as old as time. People going to find a way to cheat. It's just this time they're using Chat GPT. But to me, the real interesting futurism if you will of artificial intelligence is what happens when it becomes sentient when it makes its own decisions regardless of human input and then ultimately once it moves to a stage beyond the devices we tried to put it into or box it into alice was created under this air force base where was it in colorado or whatever yeah what happened yeah what happens once alice escapes that and is able to do it on its own and when that's dropped, that she kind of is out there. Alice is free. That was a cool, like, metaphysical kind of question you're asking there. What does that mean to say an AI is now free? Katie even asks, like, who is this? Should I be worried? You know, <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna propose to her instead of me? And it's like, is is she? You're you're calling her a she? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> you know, it's complicated. We use that for relationships, and now the human language can say that about human relationships with ai like man that that just what does that mean for human psychology human anthropology i think those are really cool questions and so seeds like that and then katie wondering hmm this thing is sentient you're saying i'm like man those are some seeds for alice to do some pretty crazy stuff down the road and be this wild card you know like ultron was right once jarvis was very different but then once jarvis became ultron it's like whoa the the plot the story's just blown open I loved it. What's your take on it? Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I like I play with ChatGPT all the time, and we're actually at work trying to figure out how we can use some of these, you know, large language learning models, you know, to facilitate our work better. But yeah, you know, you 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 addressed perfectly like, this idea that the most scary thing is when you can't turn it off <laughs> and when it, when it starts to think for itself. Right. And we kind of got a hint at that 
she was very smart in the last book. And, you know, it's, it, it was kind of creepy. Like, the, oh, what's, what's going to happen? Yeah. So I, I, I hope, you know, Alice being free is, is brought up or she comes back in later on in, in the novel because, you know, I want to see, you know, wh- what side is she truly on? Why did she try to get Reese out? You know, I love the fact that Vic took, had to take three months to corroborate yeah. the fact that, you know, cause he thought, oh, maybe Alice is lying to me. Right. You know, <laughs> the fact that we're even talking about that is crazy. Yeah. No, it's very, very crazy. So did this bot we created for our military to give us the upper hand? Is it now screwing us over? You know, is it feeding us false information? And not because some nefarious actor, aka Russia or China, hacked it and is getting it to feed us this information, but did it on its own choose to do that to us? That is just awesome, awesome question to be asking in a thriller novel. Yep. So what about my my other question, though? This this idea of is he hitting the beats of truth and consequence? I think so. I, I think the Alice discussion really gets at truth. And I think Consequences gets at the Tom Reese storyline. Consequences, uh, you know, for whom, you know, caused by who and for whom, I don't know yet. And I'm I'm very interested. What are the consequences now that physically we can say Reese finally opened the box? And maybe this discussion will transition into the Boston uh, sequence, the, the plot line at the bank, because... I think consequence is really going to play out in the second half. Reese opened the box. We saw the contents. I want to ask you if you were satisfied with what was in that box. Mm. But I think consequence is going to come through when we get to see decisions have to be made now that this has come to light and is out there. And whose hands is it in and what choices do they have to make? So I think there's a lot to come. But would you agree that question you ask poses – real well or or fuses real well with what happened in the in the Boston sequence perhaps the best action sequence so far yeah yeah because up until that we've only really gotten the the hit on the house in with Poe at, at the Poe ranch right right which was cool but like you know it wasn't you know I guess James had a he had a pretty cool kill like in the river, like like that description. And That's you know, true. you can tell that Jack is very good at like describing and then the way Ray Porter reads some of these like, you know, the action sequences, it's very cool. But like most of the people were either taken out by Poe with a shotgun or Rafe with his sniper rifle or James from long range. But once we get to, you know, hand to hand combat using his father's two oh, different blades. It's incredible. That he, like he's like, thank you. Yeah, no, but but to your question about like what was in the box, it's both awesome, like the fact that we get these items, you know, his father's passports, his father's you know money, you know, a gun, a you know a, an old Remington, like, and then we get the history of like what the Remington is, right? Or the no, not Remington, a Browning, right? And. uh but then we get his his father's original tomahawk, yes, and his original OSS knife. I forget the name of it, and that is what ends up saving him. Yes, was awesome. Now, what I what we're really intrigued about what's in the box, the documents we don't get. 
we don't and know I, like that <laughs> that was i was almost like oh maybe this is a good point to talk about it because we we actually i was like oh maybe we should save the boston scene because we're going to actually find out what's in the box but we we don't really find out what's in the box no. we find out like what's in the box but we don't really find out what's in the box you know? we see the toys but we don't yeah, see the substance exactly. yeah Exactly. And the toys are used, I mean, just to put a bow on that, in the friggin' coolest way. When he first gets a kill in the urinal, when he's fighting the guy in the bathroom. And yes. I think that one, did he have the tomahawk there, or was that all knife? That was all knife. All that knife. was knife. And then when he gets to the SUV. No, 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 no. The, tomahawk, the tomahawk comes at the end towards, I think, uh, to his neck, right? Right. But, but yes, but then we quickly transition to him. Pretending every he cleans up, pretends everything's okay. He even waves to the guys in the SUV. He's like, "Oh yeah, the bodyguard. He's he's taking a piss back there." And then he goes ham on these dudes inside in the car. In the car, <laughs> Yo, and like using no seatbelts and it, shit. Yeah, <laughs> that whole sequence is just freaking like, how the hell is this happening? And no one's well, obviously, in the 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 man in the black sweater is catching it all on camera, and. uh the German assassin. I'm like, how is no one seeing what's going on? And then and he's able to take out, you know, the two guys that run up on, and then another guy, like he shoots him through the car door and then takes out both men on Ducatis. Like, the motorcycle James guys. Re- James Reeves is a badass. Yo, can you imagine Chris Pratt doing that scene and just taking dudes out in this SUV? Driving along on a Ducati one-handed with a tomahawk in the other hand and he like <laughs> is able to scrape the other dude with his tomahawk to pull him down yes. and then ho- like is able to break hop off the bike and then kill a dude yo awesome i think that sequence there's so many good james reese kills but as a sequence oh dude it's it's top class it's one of the best action sequences in the whole series I'm just going to say it. Maybe not my favorite kills in the series because, damn, there's some crazy shit. But for a total action sequence start to finish, from the moment he engages the dude in the urinal to the moment he's on that that motorbike, I'm like, this is just bananas. Loved every and, – and I think we were going to have a different pod if I didn't get to that scene. Yes, we were going to have a very different pod if you didn't get to that As scene. As you said before – and you pushed me to get there. I'm so glad because, man, it hit at just the right time. Because that Armenian scene at the Poe Ranch, the Poe House, didn't quite scratch my itch of action. It was cool. Killed a couple of guys. There's some random gangbangers. The fact that this action scene happens with the lockbox that he just opened. Right. He's right. got the copies of the documents, right? He made copies. Um do we do we see what he did with the copies, or are they still on his person? No, that's that's what we don't. He like was very secretive about. Oh, where's the copy machine? Like, and then it kind of cuts. So yeah. And when he went into the urinal, I thought he was gonna plant them or something, or like leave them there to then tip yeah, somebody but then, off. But then I don't no, know. We just go into straight badass mode. So yeah, but but the fact is that action sequence is not only hitting because it's really cool action. It's hitting because it's also involving the documents that he has to get out with. And right, then it's involving right, right, right. Rafe and Katie, who we just heard this whole thing of how Rafe is going to give his whole life to defend James and Katie and what makes him happy. And it's just, whoa, edge of your seat stuff right there. And it was a moment we needed it. 
the first quarter of the book, the exposition was good, but maybe you're looking for a little more. The second quarter of this book leading to the halfway point, nonstop, constant edge of your seat, whether it's edge of your seat action or even just edge of your seat, you know, mind thriller, playing, messing with your head, playing games with you over, can you trust Poe? Can you trust Martha Stowe? And the fact that he does tell Martha Stowe he has the key or he's not he able to hide key. it as easily makes me trust her where, I don't know, still still on my toes about Poe, but we'll see what happens. Oh, I, and I, unfortunately, the whole trust no one, really cool password, by the way, at the bank, but I'm wondering about Vic. I hate to say this. I really, really. Yeah, no, dude, I, I, I had the same vibe. There's something in my gut that I'm just like, I don't know, man. I, I, this trust no one is almost hitting me too hard. I have like Chris Howard yeah. syndrome. It's just, I don't want that to be the case, but Tom Reese is trying to warn James of something and I don't know what it is. And it's, and it's scaring me because I should not be questioning Vic Rodriguez. Dude's the man. He's the absolute man. Yet something in me just, I'm like, who do I not trust here? It's, it's gotta be somebody. Yeah, it's 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 kind of like the the writing is playing it up in the sense that someone we trust is is not trustworthy, you know, mm-hmm. like so, so there's going to be like some sort of bomb sh- potentially maybe some sort of bombshell of a of a drop with someone not being trustworthy. Yeah. So no, I I I feel they agree with you and I I'm intrigued. Where do you think what's the next logical step? For James, after this, I guess he's he's obviously going to go meet up with De- with Andy Denrep, who we've had a yes. name drop. Like that, he has to go see him. Uh, he, he mentioned he needs to get these documents translated. So either Denrep or, or someone else at the CIA is going is going to do that for him, and he's going to we're going to finally understand what's in that, what's truly in the box besides the weapons. I like Andy. Yeah, I like. And Andy then he's Denrep. got a. He's got to figure out, you know, somehow this this plot with Iran is going is going to, and Israel is going to is going to align up with James. We have they they haven't come together yet, so yeah, I think they're going to have to, and I think yeah, those those nuclear rods, we we got to see something happen because it's been a while, it's been quite a few chapters, yeah, since we touched on them, so so yeah, um, I don't know, I don't know how that's going to happen. Also the. I'm a little worried this Levitsky character keeps failing. <laughs> like, yeah, the Russians have had a lot of failures here, and they really don't tolerate that. So I'm kind of nervous that Dashkov is going to get some big dick energy, you know, pull out his inner Gromyko and just, I don't know, he's he's going to have something bad planned. But so will Levitsky because he needs a win. You know, he's like a caged animal right, right now. He needs right. a W. So I think the two of them are going to, have to pull some really bad stuff. And I, I mean, they sent so many teams after Reese. At what point do you stop that approach of just let's hire dudes, send them after him before like, let's just get the job done. Like let's take a drastic measure to kill this guy. So I don't know what's coming. Do you think that German assassin that we met, um, is this setting it up for a future interaction? You know, because he, I, yeah, we get that phone call. Mm-hmm. I actually, I pulled, you know, like I'm, 
or you stay away from me or I'll stay away from you type thing. Like, is that just like laying the, some foreshadowing or, or is it, are we going to get any resolution with him in this book or is he like being set up to be a player in future novels? I don't know, but I like that phone call. I almost would have been really satisfied if they came to that gentleman's agreement, the professional, like, you know, I pulled out of this hit, which I know screws my reputation, but because things went south and I saw what you did and right. I don't want to get caught up with you. I don't want to get messed up with you. You don't want to get messed up with me because I got those skills. I just wasn't in the right time and place to match them. So how about we just call a spade a spade and say, you know, you're as good as me. I'm as good as you. We'll leave it at that. But James doesn't consent. No, he doesn't. He's like, you took the money. You came after me. We know James is all about revenge. When he hangs up the phone and doesn't agree to the deal, I thought that was going to be it. And I would have been completely fine if it was. The fact that he hangs up that phone makes me think one or both sides are going to have to take steps to rectify this situation. And yeah, there might be a collision course coming. It, it felt very Grisha Azarov. Did you feel yeah, that very, way? A little bit. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because it felt, it felt to me that way too. And I like that because I like about how Grisha is now out there. You get, I guess you can call him a friend of Mitch, but it's really just a friendship born out of mutual respect. If you, right. if you want to call that a friendship, maybe not. But I, I, I think that fulfills. You know, other operators like James and and maybe as good are out there. They could do their own thing. They won't want to cross paths if they're smart enough, and so they they don't. And I think that would be a cool way to leave it. But if he comes back, that could be a really cool train wreck. Also, yeah, no, totally agree. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any other predictions of where we're headed? And I hate to ask this, but does anybody die? I asked you last time. Do you think there's anything big coming? Uh, have you changed your tune on that? Are you getting the sense? What do you think's in store for the rest of the book? I, I wouldn't say that anyone necessarily has to die, but I will agree with you in the sense that it's it's feeling – like not everyone is who they say they are, mm-hmm. you know, there's going to be, you know, I, I could be wrong, but it feels like there's going to be some bombshell about someone who Reese thinks is an enemy and we're going to learn the truth and the consequences of their real, you know, motivations, you know, that could be, you could go crazy, you know, obviously the, the number one, the least likely candidate would be Katie. The second least likely candidate would be a, a hasting, you know, but that would be crazy. You know, if Rafe is like, actually, I, I don't think so, but I, you know, I'm just sort of, I'm just sort of saying it out there. I think more likely it's one of the newer characters, the Martha Stowe mm-hmm. or the Poe, right? What about the president? What about Olsen? Yeah. The, the current one who took over. Exactly. She's kind of been yeah. nothing yet. Just mentioned twice or a couple times. Yeah, we and we got that interesting chapter with that, you know, Democratic senator, right? Who is part of this, you know, consortium type yes. type deep state, right? Yeah, like, a, you know, I, who is actually involved with him? You know, or is is Vic is Vic one of the uh, you know people involved with that? And or Alice, or Alice is is Alice part of that? You know, working for them. And she she had to get Reese out because he was the only one who could get those documents. That's right. 
did Alice want the documents? Like, do the Russians? We know the Russians want the documents, but why? You know, why does it matter? I think because so much? there's a there's a Russian involved with the with the deep state. You know, because they they're actually buddy buddy. It, it, yeah, exactly. Are they pulling strings? Because we thought this list was just a revenge list of people. Tom sure. Tom had as. You know, informants or assets or people who have turned or people who sold sold secrets or people who double crossed him. I, I thought it was a list of people or locations where the Russians had taken American Americans. There is that angle. I forgot about that. Yeah, because they they mentioned they even mentioned that. You know, but it but it's actually way way more than that, right? And if you're bringing in Tom Reese to the plot, it makes sense that something has to be tied heavily to the Vietnam era. And that was the connection, right? Tom Reese was investigating with the Stowe's, exposing Russians, capturing service members, taking them back to Soviet territory and keeping them as prisoners, you know, interrogating them. And yeah, he was about to expose that. I I wonder, though, is that I feel like, sure, huge bombshell, right? Big historical nugget right there. Is it enough though? Like if that is just if that's all there is, is that enough to make it this big deal to have the current SVR and FSB heads so desperately hunting down James? There's got to be some bigger connection to the president, uh, the present, than just there's this historical tidbit of the Russians were doing really bad things to undermine our efforts in Vietnam. Yeah, it was called the Cold War, bro. Like, is that enough for you? I don't know if it's enough unless there's a deeper connection. I I, I think it it's information about the the consortium, the deep state. Like it's yeah. it's it's not names, maybe not name like current names because obviously this is from way back. But like names that can be tied to people today, you know, about yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, so. I I think you're right. I think that's it. And not not just Americans, but like the fact that. While we were fighting the, you know, in the Cold War, we were actually you know, secretly talking to people in yeah. Russia and, and China and stuff like that. So maybe something that can jeopardize this idea of the China-Russian relationship and them as the next wave of global dominance, like right. something that could put that in right. jeopardy. Yeah. Well, dude, like Jack says, we love his author notes. The novel you hold in your hands is one of truth and consequences. How much of what follows is fiction, and how much is truth? You will know when you turn the final page. Enjoy the journey. Time is ticking. Time is ticking. We'll turn that final page in a week or so, and you will hear from us our hot take and how well we enjoyed the journey. Chris, I'm very much enjoying the first half of our journey. Yes, me too. No, I, I, I'm really digging this book, so can't wait to finish it. Yep. I'm going to go finish it right after this pod. Let's no, go. Maybe not today, but definitely tomorrow. <laughs> All right, we need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at ThrillerPod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at ThrillerPodcast. And as always, trust no one. Trust no one. You weren't going to go with, you know, man buns and sexy haircuts? <laughs> Man bun fun. <laughs> Trust me. And as always, you know, it's a three bottle wine night. <laughs> Woohoo!
Ooh, baby. Three bottle of bourbon podcasting night. <laughs> and uh, what are they talking about? Oh, that was just round one or qu- quarter one. We're going. We're, we we have a whole game ahead of us. Was this half? Is that halftime or or just the end of the first quarter? That was funny. This was the first mile of a marathon. <laughs> Who has that much sex? Like Jesus. <laughs> The journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. I guess when you're pent up for three months, you know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta release a little bit, you know. You gotta let loose. Yo, Jack let loose with his fingers on the keyboard in that scene. Whoa, that was that was a Brad Thor level of sex going on right there. Cause he writes some spicy scenes. He does. He does. It's something that Vince never did, and Kyle Kyle sort of strays away from it too. Yeah. But at one point, I was like, "Am I reading the right book? Is this a? <laughs> did I get this off the the erotica section? You know." <laughs> yeah, when things were put on hold in in the blood between Katie and Reese, you know that that night they were supposed to have together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This made up for it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They made up for lost ground right there. <laughs> and then some. And then some. <laughs>